Chapter thirty five of the Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas. Translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Princess de Lambaye. The Princess de Lambaye entered beautiful and calm. Her hair drawn back from her noble forehead, her dark, penciled eyebrows, her clear blue eyes and beautiful lips, and her unrivaled figure formed a lovely tout ensemble. She seemed always surrounded by an atmosphere of virtue and grace. The king looked at her with a troubled expression, dreading what he was about to hear, then bowing, said, "'Sit down, princess.' "'What does your majesty desire?' asked she in a sweet voice. "'Some information, princess. What day did you last go with the queen to Paris?' "'Wednesday, sire.' "'Pardon me, cousin,' said Louis the Sixteenth, "'but I wish to know the exact truth.' "'You will never hear anything else from me, sire.' "'What did you go there for?' "'I went to Monsieur Mesmer's Place Vendôme.' The two witnesses trembled. The king colored with delight. "'Alone?' asked the king. "'No, sire.' with the queen with the queen cried louis seizing her hand yes sire monsieur de provence and monsieur de crosny looked stupefied your majesty had authorized the queen to go at least so she told me continued the princess it was true cousin gentlemen i breathe again madame de lambaye never tells a falsehood never sire oh never sire said monsieur de crosny with perfect sincerity but will you permit me sire certainly monsieur question search as much as you please i place the princess at your disposal madame de lamballe smiled i am ready she said madame said the lieutenant of police have the goodness to tell his majesty what you did there and how the queen was dressed she had on a dress of gray taffeta a mantle of embroidered muslin an ermine muff and a rose-colored velvet bonnet trimmed with black monsieur de crosny looked astonished it was a totally different dress from that which she had had described to him the Comte de Provence bit his lips with vexation, and the king rubbed his hands. "'What did you do on entering?' asked he. "'Sire, you are right to say on entering, for we hardly entered the room. "'Together?' "'Yes, sire, and we could scarcely have been seen, for everyone was occupied with the experiments going on, when a lady approached the queen and offered her a mask.' implored her to turn back and you stopped yes sire you never went through the rooms asked monsieur de crosny no monsieur and you never quitted the queen asked the king not for a moment sire her majesty never left my arm now cried the king what do you say monsieur de crosny and you brother it is extraordinary quite supernatural 
said the count, who affected a gaiety which could not conceal his disappointment. "'There is nothing supernatural,' said Monsieur de Crosny, who felt real remorse. "'What Madame de Lombaya says is undoubtedly true. Therefore my informants must have been mistaken.' "'Do you speak seriously, sir?' asked the Count. "'Perfectly, Monseigneur. Her Majesty did what Madame de Lombaya states, and nothing more. I feel convinced. My agents were somehow or other deceived. As for this journalist, I will immediately send the order for his imprisonment.' Madame de Lombaya looked from one to the other with an expression of innocent curiosity. "'One moment,' said the king. "'You spoke of a lady who came to stop you. "'Tell us who she was.' "'Her majesty seemed to know her, sire.' "'Because, cousin, I must speak to this person. "'Then we shall learn the key to this mystery.' "'That is my opinion also, sire,' said Monsieur de Crosny. "'Did the queen tell you that she knew this person?' said the count. "'She told me so, Monseigneur.' "'My brother means to say that you probably know her name?' "'Madame de la Motte Valois.' "'That intriguer!' cried the king. "'Diable!' said the count. "'She will be difficult to interrogate. She is cunning.' "'We will be as cunning as she,' said Monsieur de Crosny. "'I do not like such people about the queen,' said Louis. "'She is so good that all the beggars crowd round her.' "'Madame de la Motte is a true Valois,' said the princess. "'However that may be, I will not see her here. "'I prefer depriving myself of the pleasure of hearing the queen's innocence confirmed to doing that.' "'But you must see her here, sire,' said the queen.' entering at that moment pale with anger, beautiful with a noble indignation. It is not now for you to say I do, or I do not wish to see her. She is a witness from whom the intelligence of my accusers, said she, looking at her brother-in-law, and the justice of my judges, turning to the king and Monsieur de Crosny, must draw the truth. I, the accused, demand that she be heard. Madame? said the king. We will not do Madame de Lamotte the honour of sending for her to give evidence either for or against you. I cannot stake your honour against the veracity of this woman. You need not send for her. She is here. Here? cried the king. Sire, you know I went to see her one day, that day of which so many things were said. And she looked again at the Comte de Provence, who felt ready to sink through the ground. And I then dropped at her house a box containing a portrait which she was to return to me today, and she is here. No, no, said the king, I am satisfied and do not wish to see her. But I am not satisfied and shall bring her in. Besides, why this repugnance? What has she done? If there be anything, tell me. You, Monsieur de Crosny, you know everything. I know nothing against this lady, replied he. 
really certainly not she is poor and perhaps ambitious but that is all if there be no more than that against her the king can surely admit her i do not know why said louis but i have a presentiment that this woman will be the cause of misfortune to me oh sire that is superstition pray fetch her madame de la baille five minutes after jeanne with a timid air although with a distinguished appearance entered the room louis the sixteenth strong in his antipathies had turned his back toward her and was leaning his head on his hands seeming to take no longer a part in the conversation the comte de provence cast on her a look which had her modesty been real would have increased her confusion but it required much more than that to trouble jeanne madame said the queen have the goodness to tell the king exactly what passed the other day at monsieur mesmer's jeanne did not speak it requires no consideration continued the queen we want nothing but the simple truth jeanne understood immediately that the queen had need of her and knew that she could clear her in a moment by speaking the simple truth but she felt inclined to keep her secret sire she said i went to see monsieur mesmer from curiosity like the rest of the world the spectacle appeared to me rather a coarse one i turned and suddenly saw her majesty entering whom i had already had the honor of seeing but without knowing her till her generosity revealed her rank it seemed to me that her majesty was out of place in this room where much suffering and many ridiculous exhibitions were going on i beg pardon for having taken it on myself to judge it was a woman's instinct but i humbly beg pardon if i pass the bounds of proper respect she seemed overcome with emotion as she concluded every one but the king was pleased madame de lamballe thought her conduct delicate and herself timid intelligent and good the queen thanked her by a look well she said you have heard sire he did not move but said i did not need her testimony i was told to speak said jeanne timidly and i obeyed it is enough answered he when the queen says a thing she needs no witnesses to confirm her and when she has my approbation and she has it she need care for that of no one else he cast an overwhelming look on his brother and kissing the hands of the queen and the princess and begging pardon of the latter for having disturbed her for nothing made a very slight bow to jeanne the ladies then left the room brother said louis to the count now i will detain you no longer i have work to do with monsieur de crosny you have heard your sister's complete justification and it is easy to see you are as pleased as myself pray sit down monsieur de crosny End of chapter 35 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia